Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Antje Howard. Antje is a dreamer, dancer, artist, teacher, and researcher whose personal healing journey has brought her on a path of seeking balance in herself and everything she does. Antje has taught art and research methods in various different settings and is offering art classes, individual coaching, and guidance for groups with the Neurographica Method, which is a meditative and transformative drawing practice. Antje also guides women's circles, offers guided meditations, as well as dance and movement journeys. Her goal is to create and strengthen connection, allow and enable expression, and to open up to our inner guidance. Welcome, Antje. Thank you. <laughs> nice um, to be here. Oh, it is such a blessing to have you with us, and I am excited to be learning from you today. <laughs> now, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I always like to start by asking my guests, what does sacred feminine power mean to you personally? Um, okay, so for me personally, I think um, the biggest uh, point where I realized that I am in my, when I realized that I'm in my sacred feminine power is when I express myself freely. So for me, I think the uh, most important point um, how feminine uh, power, sacred feminine power um, realizes in myself is through my expression. And so that is the one point and the enable in, in order to be able to express myself, I need to be connected to myself. So the second thing would be an inner connection. And then to receive an inner guidance. So for me, I think those three things in balance, like the connection to the self, the openness to inner guidance, and the ability to express myself freely, that is when I feel that I am in my sacred feminine power and I really live my sacred feminine power. Mm, beautiful and I have a feeling we're going to go into depth into these topics a little bit later on but before we get there I would love to ask you Antje if you could share with us one challenge from your life that you have faced that's really helped you to activate this sacred feminine power in yourself and in your life mm. yeah I actually had a big challenge in my life um when I was 19, I was hit by a car. Mm. So my challenge was very physical. It's uh, an accident. And um, the only thing that happened was actually that my face bone, like my um, the bone under the eye, around the eye was broken um, in different spots. Mm. And um, it's like a interesting kind of, a spot to have a broken bone because you can't do anything about it or you can't put a cast around it or anything it just needs to heal by itself and um, 
I was quite young. I was 19 years old. I was just finishing um, high school. It was my last year of high school. And um, I went to a normal doctor, to a cycle and um, brain doctor. And his only therapy for me was to give me pain medication. And um, I didn't resonate with that at all. I never liked to take like medications where I grew up with uh, herbals and things like that. Like it's my grandma's tradition. Um, so I grew up like whenever we had something, we would never go to the doctor unless it was really something serious and we would never take any medication. We would make teas and like use herbs. So um, at one point I asked him about acupuncture because I was always interested in other healing traditions and I thought you know that for me intuitively would be something that could help me and literally this doctor laughed at me <laughs> so mm -hmm. I um, I just ended the therapy I just literally I stood up and I was like I'm sorry I don't think this works for me and I don't want like just stronger pain medication because this feeling that I had was not only pain for me it was painful sometimes but I decided and I really I'm like amazed sometimes when I look back because I was 19 years old I stood up and I decided not to call it pain and that changed the entire outlook for me and that made it into something to explore instead of pushing it away and with that I went on a long, long journey to find balance in myself through everything. Like I started to do yoga, tai chi, meditation. I went into energy healing. I actually did acupuncture at one point. I wanted to learn about all these things. So this accident brought me on a journey that really took me deep into myself and like, I remember 10 years later, I felt that I actually found the balance back because I mean, because my half, half my face was injured, uh, my entire body was out of balance mm. and it really, it affected like everything. It affected the way I interacted with other people. I actually started to feel energy. Um, in like a very subtle way and for me until now I feel people for example or like any energy actually <laughs> it's all a physical feeling for me so I became very connected to my body through this mm -hmm. um, in like a very deep way and I think um, also I kind of responded and found this inner guidance inside me because I didn't look out uh, for healing from someone else no I didn't like trust the doctor to do anything good for me I trusted myself mm. and I think over the years I deepened into that and that really uh, brought me to a place where I know I can trust myself I know I have this guidance in myself if I have like a problem now I'm not looking for a solution outside I always go inside first mm. so it's yeah it was a long and big and actually beautiful teaching that started with pain but it 
didn't end there. It didn't get stuck there. And I think, yeah, that's like the beauty of it in a way. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, what an amazingly wise and courageous 19-year-old you were. I'm not sure I would have had the guts to stand up to a doctor and say, "Mm -mm, stopping this treatment and doing my own thing. That's pretty remarkable. Yeah, Yeah, it's funny because, like, I mean, it's almost 20 years ago. And um, when I look back now, I'm amazed too, you know, I'm really impressed by myself and I don't even know like how I did that but I was just so upset with the with the doctor and I was like no I don't want that I just had a very strong feeling inside this is not the right way Mm. and I didn't know the right way of course you know I was just like but I had this very strong feeling inside me and I trusted this feeling and I think by trusting it it got stronger so every time I trust this guidance inside me. It gets stronger and it helps me more. Mm. And yeah, I want to give that to everyone. If you have this inner feeling, trust it and it makes it stronger. This is how you build up and train your inner voice and your inner wisdom. This is how you strengthen the connection. Yeah. Wow. Well, as you already mentioned, this this um, journey that you went through from, from this pain into finding your inner connection and inner balance in itself birthed beauty into your life and was, was like a hidden blessing in many ways. Could, could you please expand a little bit more on, on how you went about finding that connection? You already talked about Tai Chi and you talked about acupuncture, but could you expand a little bit more on that? Mm. I think it's like an everyday task in a way. It's Mm. not, you know, the one thing you do and suddenly it works. It was really a long process over literally 10 years. I was on this journey and I knew that I was on a journey. And I traveled a lot to all kinds of different places first. And the funny thing is because I got... um, insurance money from the accident Mm -hmm. I was able to travel so I went and spent um, six months in Nepal lived there with the family learned about the culture learned some of the language too which was great (laughs) Mm. and um, I think just exposing myself to different cultures different ideas and in a way, I always had this focus because it was my body and because there was this strong feeling, this strong sensation. And um, I think it was very much like an inner journey. It was very much that wherever I went, I always came back into myself. So it's not really about traveling out into the world. It's so much about traveling inside. Mm. and about connecting with my core in whatever situation I'm in. So I, you know, and in the, on the one hand, I went out and I experienced all these different cultures and influences and things. But on the other hand, I always reconnected to myself. I always reconnected to my body and especially the body because it was a physical injury. Mm-hmm. So 
I was very focused in that automatically in a way because I couldn't get away from it. You know, there was no shutting it off because I decided not to do that. I decided not to take the pain pills. So I always felt it. And I, like every day, dealt with it in a way. And trying to not, um, I didn't want to push it away. You know, I, I never tried to not have this pain, for example. I always was more okay I have this pain right now so what do I do with it you know where does it take me and I think that also interestingly corresponds to me with um, having my menstruation where also I'm going into a place where I feel my body and I feel okay what is the message that I get right now so it was a, a long journey that was kind of on a parallel path for me to that where I just became more attuned to my body in general. And um, also at one point, um, I learned to express myself again. And that is something that is, it's kind of like uh, the sad story of everyone who goes to a normal school. <laughs> We're getting suppressed in our expression. And I was told I couldn't sing when I was a kid. I was told I, I was not an artist when I was a kid. And I had like this period in my life where I wanted to reclaim that, where I wanted to be able to express myself freely. And um, I didn't know it at the time. At the time, it was just like this urge to create. And no matter what it looked like and no matter if it was good enough or not or if I could call it art or not, I just went away and created and I think that was a, a big step in my healing journey to to where I became able to actually express myself again in a free way in a non-judgmental way and yeah I think I drifted away a little bit but um yeah that that's how um I went through this journey. Mm. Wow, that, that is very, very powerful. And I think what you're saying about finding your expression again, creative means, I'm, I'm assuming that you're referring to the fact that you are now an artist and you use dance and movement a lot in your life mm. as well. Could, could you expand on that, please? Yeah, well, the dance was always in my life. That was the, luckily, my, my parents danced. Like when I was a kid and we were in family reunions or something, there would always be dance. So that was a very natural thing for me. And um, my mom and dad sent me to dance classes because when I was three years old, like by the time I would walk, I would dance. Mm -hmm. so they thought, oh, maybe she would like to dance. <laughs> and I was in, in ballet when I was a kid. Uh, well, actually, when I was really young, it was uh, folklore and ballet and then later modern dance and I really loved it I totally enjoyed it and well at one point I kind of grew out of it I was like a teenager and I was rebellious and it didn't fit with the tutu anymore <laughs> so um, I got out of that and I always kept dancing though and I went um, <laughs> learning anything I could 
And um, at one point when I started studying at high, um, at college, um, like throughout my college education, it was like a therapy almost for me because my everyday life was so seated and listening and just absorbing and dealing with all these like virtual kind of problems, you know. Which I mean, I like to study. It was a was a good time, good experience for me. But it was very like just neglecting the body in a way. So I would just go out and dance all the time. <laughs> I had like a friend, and we would always meet and and go to night parties and stuff. And I would literally just use it as my dance ritual in a way, and just freely express myself and um, at one point when I started working after I graduated I started working at the university I was a research fellow and I actually taught um, future art teachers which is really funny because I had this block inside myself that where I could not be an artist because I was told I was not an artist, I was still like working through that. And I was doing a lot of art and doing making jewelry and like I love to do things with my hand and I, I feel it's very healing to just create something and have it in your hands after and it's just so different than creating with words, writing for example. And I love writing, but it it has like this different quality if you can hold it in your hands and it's this thing you made I know <laughs> like that's a really important kind of thing for me and that's like why I'm drawn to arts I think mm-hmm. and so in this time when I worked at the university I became very depressed because of my lifestyle because I was sitting all the time in front of the computer And even though it was like this, uh, like, you know, great opportunity from the outside and my professor, he wanted me to um, write a PhD and, you know, get into his career and all of this. And at one point I asked myself, do you really want that? And I knew inside my heart, that's not my path. Mm. And it felt kind of like a betrayal almost to step away from it because I've been working for it so much. And I went through studying for many years and then I got the opportunity to work there and I just had to step away from it for my own good, for my own health, for my own healing, for my balance, you know, for my expression, because I literally, I just went depressed. I couldn't do it. It was like this great idea of something, but then in reality, in everyday life, it was just so hard, so hard on the body, especially on the body, mm-hmm. that um, I didn't want to do it. And I went traveling. <laughs> Instead, I decided, okay, and I was all confused, you know, at that point. I thought, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, now I'm throwing away this career. And, um, I was going to go to South America because I've been there before and I really loved it. But I studied in uh, California because I had friends here. 
and then I met my husband here and I got stuck <laughs> and uh, like literally I never made it over the border I just stayed here and so when I was um, staying here like when we decided okay we'll be together and we got married that was the way for me to get a green card and <laughs> all of that and um, then suddenly I was here in the countryside we lived really like in the countryside and I thought okay I want to do something so I started offering things from my heart things that I would really feel and the first thing I offered was dance was going back into the body because I realized I have this net like for me it's natural to feel my body but of course it is because of my story with my body and my story with my pain as well but here I saw so many people that were completely disconnected from the body mm. like you know the way they would move you could see like this is not you know is not economic the way you move you're actually hurting your body in the way you move you know and I would see that uh, immediately and when I see someone coming towards me I can see the structure of their body and like their patterns of movement and things like that like naturally you know to me it's just the way I perceive it and their energy field as well you know it's just like the way I perceive the person so mm. I thought, okay, I, I want to work with that. And I got the opportunity to um, start doing dances. And that was beautiful. And then I started doing women's circles, which I did for my own heart to heal, <laughs> to connect. Mm. And now, um, well, now we can't do dances and circles, really. So <laughs> now I'm doing more art, uh, which is my third uh, getaway so to say <laughs> it's not actually getaway it's a get within like mm -hmm. a moving within and um, yeah yeah I think this is why I, I offer that mm. Mm. wonderful uh, could you please share a bit more about the arts that you offer it's, it's, it's called Neurographica right yeah it's called Neurographica but uh, um, this particular um, method or practice, I actually discovered last year. And it's, um, it was created by a Russian artist. Well, he's an artist and architect and like a million other things and like a coach. And, um, but originally he was an architect. Oh, and he's psychology professor now. He's like this crazy person, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, his name is Pavel Piskarev, and he created a method that is very simple. Like, the beautiful thing about it is really how simple it is. It works with very um, archetypal shapes. So we work with the circle a lot. The circle is, like, really, if you would see my room right now, there's so many circles here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For me, it's like... Um, really a healing symbol in a way mm. and just by drawing circles you can change your inner feeling oh you can change um yourself in a way just by drawing circles so we draw circles and lines and 
sometimes squares and triangles, but not so often. And um, then work with colors. And for me, it's really interesting working with the colors. I rediscovered parts of myself that were hidden or that were like buried in a way. Because after this accident, I had uh, amnesia, so I wouldn't remember the accident. And I um, lost some of my earlier memories. Mm. So I had like memory losses. And um, I always try to get back to that, you know, try to retrieve these parts of myself. And the interesting part was that I discovered that these parts of myself, they don't speak in words. They don't communicate in words. So I cannot communicate to these parts of myself in words. But I discovered I can communicate with that part of myself in color. Mm. So I started literally bringing back something that I felt I had lost from myself through the artwork, through the color. And it was such a profound experience for me. It brought me so much healing just to be able to work with that, that um, now I'm actually taking classes to be a teacher, a neurographica teacher, mm. because I, I really feel it's such a beautiful method and it can, it can have all kinds of different effects it can help people in so many different ways and there's so many different ways to use it. And now I'm learning like a bunch of different ways that you can use it. And um, it's very beautiful because it works in a space beyond words. Mm. And for me, that is um, something that, for example, in psychology, you know, it's like you can talk about a problem only so long and you can only talk about things that you remember, for example. No, I can't talk about my accident because I don't remember. There is no story behind it. But there's still things that I can express in colors and in shapes. And they will bring up some kind of distant memory, for example, or they will bring up a feeling inside of me or they will kind of change my perspective. They will bring me new ideas. And especially because we use the very simple forms and shapes that don't have a meaning in them. I mean, the circle has a million meanings in them, but it's not like a flower, you know, that has the one meaning. Like when I draw a flower, I draw a flower. But when I draw a circle, I draw something that's beyond the circle. So, you know, yeah, I hope that's a good description for it. But yeah, yeah it's, um, it allows to look deeper and to find answers in a deeper layer of the self. So it's very much um, like I use it as a meditation and also the way I teach it is very meditative or the way I, I use it with clients, for example, is a very meditative way because for me it is a meditation and it can take me into different layers of myself that are beyond the conscious mind so it can connect you to the subconscious mind and it can connect you to 
inner wisdom and answers that you already feel inside of you. So you can, for example, draw a picture to a question and the answer might come up in the drawing process. Mm. And so it's a very profound, very beautiful method. Yeah, and of course, every teacher always brings their own little twist in it. So it's open enough to be adaptable to anything, <laughs> literally, mm. I think. And yeah, for me, um, yeah, I'm right now discovering my own way of how to work with it and how to offer it. And yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful work. And it's something that I can do um, uh, remotely online. <laughs> mm. so, so that, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it helps me to feel, you know, that I'm still doing something that's um, offering something to the world. Beautiful. And I, I, I really love the symbology of the circle as well. It being such a primordial ancient feminine symbol as well. So I, I yeah. love how you can use that in many, many different deep, deep layers, almost like a well, not even almost, but a real multidimensional symbol in many ways as well. Yes, it definitely is. Mm. Yeah, and right now, like the last thing I did was working with uh, sacred geometry as well mm -hmm. and neurographica. And that is a very beautiful thing as well because in a way, you first you construct this perfect geometry and then with the neurographica, you kind of break it open again and put the humanness, put the non-perfect, like the not perfect inside it again. Because I think like what I learned, for example, with the drawing is also to get away from my perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me a lot to be able to offer more without judging myself so much. Mm. So now, you know, I know it doesn't have to be perfect. It's not about perfect. It's about what I can offer right now. And if it's perfect, you know, it may not even fit for anyone. It may be too perfect to offer it to people. Mm -hmm. So it's really, it was a, a, it's a profound healing journey through art. Really, yeah. That's, that's how I would call it, I think, healing through art. Mm, certainly sounds like it. And you've explained it in such a beautiful, eloquent way that I myself am now very, very curious about neurographica and, and really mm. finding out how that could help me in processing my, my healing process as well. Yeah. Mm. Now, could you tell, tell us a little bit more how, how it is that you actually work with clients uh, or how do you offer the uh, art service really that you provide? Um, so at the moment I have, well, I, I didn't put the next class up, but I do online classes or online workshops. Um, and that can be with as many people as subscribe. <laughs> I'm having small groups right now, which is beautiful, so I can interact with people. And then I offer one-on-one. -on -one. Um, it's like a coaching process, even though I, I'm not sure about the, what the coach means. So 
for me it's more like a guidance because I feel especially with the art um, I just offer this method and the person has to do the artwork you know you have to do the work I can help you find the right um, process for example to go through and I um, guide and accompany the process so we will basically draw a picture together first we will talk about what topic or what theme or what needs to be healed what needs to be worked through what's the question and then I will figure out which of the art processes will work for that mm. and then I will guide through the art process step by step and um, then we will see what comes out so there will be a, a, a pre prequel you know, where we talk about it and the at the end, we will talk about the picture and see what came out in the picture. And not so much to interpret it, but more to help to see the message mm. in it. Um, yeah, so that would be a one-on-one -on -one process. And then I also did group processes, which is also a really nice thing where you draw with several people and then... Um, I did that with local artists trying to find a way to come together again during the pandemic. Like, what are the spaces that we can find? And um, it was very interesting to see what came out for everyone and how we interacted around the drawings. So it's nice because you have something after the process to take with you, you know, to either put into your home and look at it every day and see what message comes up, for example, or, you know, how, and it can change, you know, it's like, the, it's not an, an, a process that ever ends in a way. You can always extend the picture, you can always keep drawing, you can always make little changes. And you can kind of create the reality that you want in the drawing. So you start from the point where you're at right now, for example, and then you draw towards where you want to be. And when you have it in a picture, when you have it basically manifested and you can look at it, that um, will help your subconscious to guide you in that way, to bring you to this future that you actually want that you're looking for. So yeah, that would be the, the different way. But yeah, um, I use Zoom at the moment to, to teach it. Mm -hmm. and, and how yeah. do people find you? I have a website that is called uh, neuroartproject.net. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they can find me there. And I'm also a Neuro Art Project on Instagram and on Facebook. And um, I'm a little bit slow to put up new stuff there, but every now and then I put up new things. <laughs> okay. Well, the main thing is that people can find you through that yeah. if they would like to interact with you. That's, that's wonderful. Now, Auntie, I know that you also have a 
gift for our listeners today? Would you mind telling us yeah. what that gift is? Yes, um, I thought we should draw the sacred feminine power. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm offering, um, well, it's going to be pre-recorded, but it's a guided uh, drawing journey. And um, when I thought about uh, how to express sacred feminine power, I thought about the moon because she's round, <laughs> so she would fit my pictures. And um, she's like the symbol of the feminine in a way. So mm -hmm. um, this drawing will incorporate um, symbologies like that. And um, we go with the new moon, the full moon, the waning and the waxing for the different phases of the feminine, of the woman. Because I feel we are the most whole and um, the most sacred and the most grounded in our uh, sacred feminine power when we um, balance all those four phases inside of us be it our life phases like the maiden and the mother and the um, wild woman and the wise woman or you know be it like during the cycles I thought it would be nice to balance those phases inside our drawing to get in touch with them to get in touch with this part of ourselves and we can symbolize it with the moon yeah that will be the drawing process we're doing Mm, sounds beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Now, mm. it has been such a blessing to be chatting with you, Ante. Do you have anything else that you would still like to tell our listeners? Um, oh, yeah. I have one more thing that I'm offering, um, and it is a series of talks that I'm doing with uh, one of the ladies from my women's circle about women's circles. So if somebody would like to start guiding circles or thinking about um, creating a circle, um, I wanted to offer the wisdom that I gained throughout the years of doing that and um, just offer it to the world. And because I think the more we meet in circle, the more we sit in circle, the more we circle around. <laughs> Uh, the stronger we get and the more we actually um, can rest in our sacred feminine power. So yeah, that will be an offering that um, I have on YouTube on that little channel. Um, hmm. It's free for everyone. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for adding that onto the offerings for our listeners. I appreciate that. Hmm. Mm, so yeah, thank, thank you, you. So I really much. appreciate you yeah thank you too that was really beautiful mm, thank you for expressing yourself so freely and uh, I think our listeners have really gotten a lot of medicine from your healing journey as well mm, I really hope so yeah mm, thank <laughs> I you I really hope thank you beautiful now if you would like to interact with Auntie and myself and other like-minded listeners you can join us in our private Facebook group, which is called Sacred Feminine Power. And I would love to end this interview just by, for a moment, focusing all of our intention on this beautiful energy that's been activated during this talk.
and send this energy, just imagine sending this energy to everybody, everywhere on our planet, to remember that we are all truly one and that the more of us that are starting to wake up and awaken and stepping into our sacred feminine power, the more quickly our planet will also shift and raise our collective consciousness. Thank you so much for listening.